0: Everybody, welcome to the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council Radio Show. My name is Cobb, I'm engineering in the studio, and I want you to know that support for KZWX comes from our members and the Community Foundation of Mendocino County, encouraging local giving. The Community Foundation offers COVID-19 relief funds to individuals, nonprofit organizations, and micro businesses in need throughout Mendocino County more information or to donate, visit communityfound.org. And with that, everyone, I am going to get us started here. We've got our host, uh, executive director of the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council, Scott Craddy. Are you with us there, Scott? You getting that? Oh, yeah
1: welcome all right good morning everybody welcome to mendocino county fire safe radio program number nine um it is the mendocino county fire safe council's mission to help you survive and thrive in a wildfire prone environment why well if you're in earshot of this radio station you've opted to live in an area that's evolved with wildfire as a natural part of its system Since wildfire was part of things before we got here, if we want to survive, we need to adapt our homes and practices so that we survive with it. Much like we've evolved building codes to help us survive earthquakes and other natural events. By hardening your home, maintaining defensible space, having plans, being prepared, you can substantially increase the odds that you and your home will survive. However, you will probably not consider that you've thrived unless your pets and livestock survive as well. We've chosen to live in a wildfire-prone environment. Our pets, not so much. It's our decision that they're here, and it's up to us to be prepared for them as well, which requires some additional work and some careful planning. And to help you with that, I am pleased to introduce today's guests. We have with us Richard Molinari, who is Director of Animal Care Services for Mendocino County. And Julie Atwood, the founder and director of the Halter Project, an organization based in Sonoma and operating worldwide, dedicated to the safety and welfare of people and animals in emergencies and disasters. Um, And with that, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. I think we'll start with Richard, if you could take a moment and um, give us a little bit about what you do and, and what motivates you to
2: do it. Good morning, and uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, thank you for the opportunity uh, to get this out there. Uh, It's greatly appreciated. Uh, I am currently the Director for Animal Care Services here in Mendocino County. I've been here for four years. I have about 25 years of experience in animal control and animal sheltering uh, with the City of Las Vegas and the City and County of Denver, as well as Mendocino County. Operate both the Ukiah and the Fort Bragg animal shelters here, where we routinely impound around 2,000 animals a year. Uh, We basically reconnect lost pets with their owners. We find good homes for adoptable animals. We transfer hundreds of adoptable animals a year to animal rescue organizations. We provide about 3,000 low cost spay and neuter surgeries in our clinic at the Ukiah animal shelter and on our mobile spay and neuter vehicle that goes out and assists the citizens throughout the community. In mendocino county and unfortunately we are tasked with the responsibility for caring for displaced small and large animals during a disaster situation and um, you know going back into the late 90s when i started this i was lucky enough to get hired on by the city of las vegas and each day i enjoy all the challenges uh, that the basically the job poses and i always want to make an impact and improve things for our customers animals and our staff That's
1: great, Richard. Thank you so much. Um, Julie, could you give us a little bit about yourself and the Halter Project?
3: Sure. That is such a tough act to follow, though, I have to say. But I feel incredibly honored to be sharing this radio space with Richard Molinari and and Fire Safe Council Mendocino. It's really exciting. So the Halter Project. Um, I started the Halter Project back in 2013. I live in Glen Ellen. I was looking around me and I... Saw basically just an area that was an accident waiting to happen. I I grew up in the central Sierras. I'd grown up with um, traditional sort of forest uh, fires. And I had a really hard time finding any information about what to do for your animals and with your animals in an emergency or disaster. The more I looked in our area, the more I realized there just really wasn't anything. And so um, I knew a lot of firefighters and I talked to them and we came up with a plan. I started the halter project originally with the goal of simply aiding our local firefighters and search and rescue and other first responders in their desire to acquire animal technical rescue skills and equipment to be able to help mostly large animals, and that includes big dogs and small when they get into a tough spot. uh, They fall into a hole or a trail rider has an accident and needs rescue assistance for um, his or her horse as well as possibly him or herself. That The project grew exponentially. In the first year, we had over 200 local firefighters, animal control officers, search and rescue, posse members, a few veterinarians, and some willing animal owners trained. A couple of local fire chiefs said, Hey, you're really good at getting people to come to trainings. You know what we really need? We need some community outreach in preparedness education for people with animals so we started an outreach project and now that has really become about 60 to 70 percent of the work that we do i'm really proud to say that our halter project website as well as our home and ranch readiness day events which we produced for four years until they uh, came to a crashing halt due to covid 19 we have a global audience i just spent the last nine days actually today will be the last day of an international conference, the Global Animal Disaster Management Conference. And when I mentioned that I was going to be on local public radio, they asked, how did you do that? How did you make that happen? So the whole world is starting to realize that caring for animals in disasters and local emergencies is a really, really important part of the One Health Equation. I'm very proud to be part of that and excited to be on the show today sharing information and and resources with all your listeners. So I want to thank the FireSafe Council everywhere for all of the great assistance that they provide to us, especially in our rural and wildland urban interface neighborhoods. So thank you.
1: That's great. Uh, great That's intros. Great. great to have you both with us today, um, and let's get into it. Um, so one of the basic steps for getting yourself prepared for wildfire is to have a to-go kit for each member of the family with things that are important to that individual. Ideally, you can keep that together in one easy-to-grab spot, and if not, you should have a list posted so you're able to see what you need to get together quickly and not have to, not have to remember it in an emergency. Um, I'm guessing that the same thing is true for pets and livestock, that you should have a uh, to-go kit and be prepared. So let's maybe start on the small end with, uh, with um, dogs and cats and um, sort of go through what people should be prepared to have ready. Um, and... We'll rotate back and forth a bit more, but I I happen to be looking at the Mendocino County uh, site with disaster supplies for dogs and cats. It's a really good prepared list, so I'm going to kick it over to Richard to get us started on that.
2: Yes, on our website, we do have that link, uh, basically uh, for disaster preparedness kits uh, for domesticated dogs and cats as well as large animals. Um, You know, it's important that in a time of a, a crisis, uh, that uh, people are, you know, to get their supplies, to get their animals and to get out. Uh, but in that process, we want to make sure that they have stuff for their animals. Um, it's important to make sure that we have some water, some food, um, you know, making sure that you have identification on the animals. That's the most important thing as well. If you can get a copy of uh, rabies vaccination, uh, put that in your kit as well, that will help. Um, but you just, you don't know how long you're going to be displaced and so it's important that you plan for you know several days as far as making sure that you have access to the food the water and so forth don't forget your collars your leashes Um, you might have to have uh, little carriers for cats little plastic cat carriers maybe a small dog crate um, because you don't know Uh, it might take several days for you to get back into into your home You don't know if you'll be spending some time in uh, like at a disaster shelter um so you basically are going to have to take that all into consideration and uh, make sure that you have some good planning uh, to be prepared for the event
1: julie anything you'd like to chime in with on on that at this point
3: um, that was just such a great overview, and the list that is on Mendocino Animal Care and Services website is fantastic. We have it on ours as well. This is a big topic, and you could fill up a whole hour talking about um, ready kits and state crates. So I just want to say that we have lots of resources, including checklists for many species and links for information to the species that we don't have checklists for on our website you can find people will be able to find information that is specific to fire safe animals so we've got all kinds of checklists but a couple of things that I want to add and these are things that we had to scramble to figure out last year and um, sadly I think they're going to be with us again this year and that is, there are considerations for evacuating with your animals, particularly your pets in COVID. And uh, we have uh, checklists and little pointers, some cheat sheets to help you make sure that you've got those items covered. But a few things to consider are make sure that your go kits. Include all of your health and safety PPE, so your masks, your sanitizer, some soap and water and uh, everything you need to take care of yourself, but also make sure that you have pet safe cleaning products. It's really easy to find out what those are. Um, We have some information again on our website and, and resources for you to find out about those. But it's really important that you have everything you need to take care of your animals In a setting where you may not have resources, you may end up going to an emergency shelter that's not a traditional shelter. You may or may not have volunteers from organizations like Salvation Army or the Red Cross. You might be on your own in a VRBO or a pet-friendly hotel room. And so you really need to make sure that you have absolutely everything that you need. Another thing that I really want to emphasize is that If you don't have an evacuation destination and you are evacuating and you've been directed to a TEP, a temporary evacuation point, then you might be in a long line um, waiting for a volunteer to help you find an appropriate place to go with your pet. So that means that you and your pet and your kids and grandma or grandpa or your neighbor, you're all going to be stuck in that car, possibly for a long time. Uh, You may have to roll your window down to talk to somebody. So please, please make sure that your pets are comfortable, that you provided for um, keeping them cool, and that they are secure and that they're not going to jump out when somebody opens the door or rolls down a window. Sadly, that is something that happened a lot last year. And, And in many evacuations, you get out, you're safe, you had a plan, you get to where you're going. And now somebody opens the door and lets your pet out. So again, identification is going to be part of that. I think you're you're actually going to ask that question in a minute, but um, make sure that you are prepared for evacuating in COVID because it does add some additional layers to the evacuation planning process.
1: Great, and I want to <laughs> emphasize the checklists are definitely worth. Taking a look at and going through slowly for your appropriate pet, because uh, you know, as Julie pointed out, disinfectant you might not normally think of, but if you're trapped in a small space with your pet, um, there are going to be some issues around keeping things clean. Uh, first aid kit, you might want to think through what uh, what needs to be in your kit and how well it applies to uh, what what may happen with your pet. Uh, and even down, to, I'm looking at the, the checklist on the Mendocino site, and it uh, mentions toys. Um, if you're going to be in a confined space for a long time, you're also going to need to keep your pet from going crazy uh, along with you. So uh, having some, some means of entertainment can be uh, important for uh, for mental health as well. So uh, definitely worth spending some time with the checklist and making sure you've thought through uh, what you what you might need in different situations with your pet, including a confined space and an unfamiliar space.
3: Um, good rule of thumb is is basically everything that you would need for yourself, you need for your pet or your large animal as well, and that's a good way to start.
1: Yep, and that's a good segue. I'm going to um, keep with you, Julie, for a minute, and let's transition to talking about the larger animals and livestock. Uh, in terms of what what are the considerations for to-go kits when we get into the larger animals?
3: Well, we're covering so many different species here, starting with horses and, you know, going into cattle and sheep and goats, other small ruminants and rabbits. And um, guinea pigs often fall into the category of both a, a pet, a pocket pet, or livestock, because a lot of our Youth ag programs have um, KV projects which involve guinea pigs and as well as their rabbits. So uh, make sure that you know what your animals need. And if you are evacuating, the most important takeaway message is make sure that you have more than enough feed and water to get you through at least three to five days. And that is really a minimum. Um, Ideally, if you can, take enough feed for 10 to 15 days and take as much water as you possibly can. And uh, know how much water your species of livestock require. Um, on our website, our, on the uh, in the Mendocino Fire Safe um, folder that we provided, we actually have information about water needs for various species, um, most everything that people in our area have. You might be surprised, you may not think about it if your animals have free access to water all the time but when you have to break it down to what do we need per day to keep to take care of our family members and our animals you might be surprised it's a real eye-opener so in addition uh, make sure that you have identification for your large animals just as you do for your pets and i want to add a really great um a really great tool to have is photographs of you with your animals, particularly if you keep equines and farm animals as pets or companion animals. It's really important to be able to prove that those animals do belong to you. So again, when it comes to first aid and medical needs, have a conversation with your veterinarian and make sure that you're going to go away with prescriptions or refills and instructions for administering prescription drugs to your animals in a stress situation. Be prepared to take care of your equines and your livestock in stress situations, whether they're at a friend's house or in an emergency shelter. The process of evacuation is stressful for animals. And so it's really important if you're prepared, you're going to be calmer And you're going to be able to help your animals be calm, too. And and part of that is just knowing that you've got everything that you need. So um, lots of things to consider. But again, if you need it for yourself or your family, you're going to need it for your animals. But make sure you have enough so that if you find yourself in a place where resources aren't getting to you right away, you have what you need.
0: Hey there! I'm going to interrupt for just a moment. This is Cobb, I'm engineering in the studio. If you just tuned in, you're listening to KZYX. This is the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council radio show. Our host is Director of the Fire Safe Council Scott Craddy, and our guests today are Julie Atwood, of uh, the Director of the Halter Project, and Richard Molinari. Do I have your last name correct, Richard? You are correct, Kav. Okay, and Richard's the Director of Animal Care for Mendocino County and Director of the Ukiah and Fort Bragg Animal Shelters. And before we move on, I wonder, uh, both our guests, if you could just give out your website information in detail uh, and other relevant contact information for our listeners. Thanks. Thanks.
3: okay i'll go so you can find yeah. you can find the halter project we're at halterproject.org and uh, you can also reach us at rescue at halterfund.org
2: for animal care services for Mendocino county uh, you can go to mendocinocounty.org. county.org and then tab over to Animal Care Services, and you'll see all the uh, services that we provide, a lot of information on that page as well. And if you have any questions that uh, can't be answered, you can call us at 463-4427,
1: 463-4427. And on the large animal end, before we move on to escape route planning, Richard, from the experience with evacuations in the county, are there any particular things relative to um, to, to larger animal evacuation that you'd like to chip in?
2: Um, So what we're trying to do is we have approximately about six different locations within the county that we may be able to utilize during an incident uh, situation, disaster incident situation. Um, that is dependent upon if these areas are being occupied or used used at the time. Um, hopefully they're not. Um, you know, the, the process uh, takes a little bit to get set up. So if we get notified by uh, Office of Emergency Services or the Emergency Operations Center to establish that large animal shelter, it's probably gonna take about two to four hours for us to get on site and get things started. Uh, we always ask that people have patience. It stinks. It's a horrible situation, um, but we just can't snap our fingers. It takes a little bit to get people and and supplies and uh, facilities up to uh, to to working properly. Um, citizens that you know are needing services, you know, during times of crisis, we ask that they go to you know the Animal Care Services Facebook page, as well as the Sheriff's Department Facebook page. We try to get that information up there as fast as possible letting know letting people know what to where to go and what to do and um you know just as julie uh, mentioned before uh plan on bringing you know supplies for these animals and plan on uh, being responsible for the care of these animals we might ask you to assist in the daily cleaning of the pens and the stalls and etc but other than that uh, you know a couple years ago we had that big fire 2017, I think we had over 500, um, animals at the, the fairgrounds in Ukiah. And, you know, we did a great job and we always learn from all of these incidences and we plan on getting better. And, uh, a little bit later on, I'll talk about uh, what we'd like to do in regards to the recruitment of volunteers for a community uh, animal response team.
1: Great. Okay. 500 (laughs) animals. That is, um, that is a pretty decent workload. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's move on to um, escape planning. And, um, you know, just as a, as a preface, for just like for family members, um, disasters are inherently unpredictable. Um, so you should have an escape route planned, but you should also have as many alternative escape routes planned as possible since you don't know what direction things are coming from. And you should have a way of tuning into emergency services in the radio to help you stay informed uh, with directions that are coming from the folks that are uh, managing the situation that uh, can help you understand which way to go. Having animals along complicates certainly that situation as well, depending on the animals and uh, may limit the number of directions you can go. uh, In in some instances Um, for route planning considerations with pets are there um i guess we'll go back to julie are there particular things that people should be thinking about when they're thinking about escape routes and their animals
3: i love being interviewed by a knowledgeable person my favorite phrase is know when to go so in order to know how to go you need to know when to go and as you just mentioned having multiple ways of getting information from reliable resources and those are our um, emergency services agencies who are in turn feeding important information to local resources like our radio stations, our, especially our news radio stations, um, have know every single way to get out in every single circumstance. Of course, this is fire safe, so we're really focused on wildfires, but other things happen as well. And you need to know every possible way to get out. But in a wildfire situation, it's really important that you understand where the fire might be before you leave and understand fire behavior. It's a really good idea to get some safety training if it's available and we can tell you how to, how to get some. But have as many routes as possible. A lot of our rural areas are one way in, one way out. So that's when the know when to go mantra really kicks in because... If you have animals, pets, or large animals, it's going to take you longer to evacuate. You need to practice. You need to do rehearsals. You need to practice with your animals so that they happily hop into their carriers because they know a treat's going to be waiting and that um, they aren't stressed out when they're going somewhere in the car, in their crate, in their carrier knowing to go means that you know if you wait for an evacuation order and that means a mandatory evacuation order it might be too late for you to get out safely you could be in really dangerous uh, weather conditions you could be stuck in a huge long line of traffic so at the very least leave the moment you hear the evacuation warning issued but if possible and especially if you have large animals, and I know you asked me about small animals, but hey, most of our people out in the country have some of both, so we kind of put them together. Um, It's going to take you longer, and you might be hauling a trailer, so know when to go means you're going to be ready to pack up and leave, or actually, you'll be packed, and you're going to be ready to hook up and leave. The minute that a red flag or other severe weather warning or alert or watch is issued because that is when evacuation is going to be safest and calmest and you're going to have the widest array of options. So um, knowing the evacuation routes is tricky. They're going to be different in every incident. And again, our Office of Emergency Services are going to be directing us. They're going to tell us which routes to use if there's an option and where to go. And they're there to keep us safe. So it's really important to know that even if you are aware that there might be a fire road uh, somewhere behind your property, don't automatically assume that's the way out. For one thing, the fire service may be using it. So it's really important to know how to get information and follow the instructions that were given.
1: Thank you. Um, Richard, anything you'd like to add about evacuation?
2: Um, you know, uh, depending on where the incident is within the county, um, you know, if it's close to Ukiah, uh, Redwood Valley, Hopland, Capella, so forth like that, um, we might ask the citizens to bring the domesticated pets to the shelter. We're in a position to house probably a hundred additional animals at that time, so that better suits us. I have supplies, I have staffing, I have the proper kenneling and caging, um, and so forth like that. It's thinks that, uh, that uh, we might ask people to do that, but it, in, the, in the long run, it's better suited that we actually have the animals on site. If it was uh, like last year uh, in Willits and up in Covalo, uh, we were fortunate enough to respond out with our disaster trailers, um, where we have portable kenneling and caging and food and supplies, um, and we were able to assist, uh, I think, around 60 or 70 animals in Willits and I think around 40 up in Covalo. Um, So these disaster response trailers that we have greatly assist us, which uh, in turn assist the people and their animals.
3: Such super resources. Um, you're, you're really blessed up there to have you. Um, it's, it's an amazing community asset. True resilience.
1: Cool. Um, this was mentioned a little earlier, but I want to loop back to it in terms of if your animals are not used to going places um it um i have i've have heard of instances where people were trying to evacuate and um you know just couldn't get the horse on a trailer for example so how do you go about um you know, what how do you go about preparing that how do you how do you practice an animal to get ready for evacuation?
3: Richard, do you want to say anything, or you want me to take that?
2: Julie, yeah, Julie, you're the subject matter expert in regards to (laughs) hard animals. I I
3: have a mule. (laughs) 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 Um, So... um, basically practice makes perfect and in any situation you know the hurrier you go the behinder you get we've all grown up with that one and it's so true with animals so the worst possible scenario is that you're trying to load an animal whether it is a horse or donkey or cow or a pig or anything else or your dogs or cats when you're stressed and in a hurry they know something's up they're way more attuned to um, situational awareness than we are. We need to learn from them. So that is not the time to be coaxing your animal into its transportation. And so a really good way to um, work with any of your animals is to contact, for instance, your local um, animal care care and services um, organization or a local humane society many of them and i think you have some up there in mendocino many have access to some great training and education resources there are lots and lots of uh, resources online we actually have a great rich of two great trailer loading videos how to work with your uh, equines to help them load more happily on our website and I can actually add links to those to the fire safe animals folder, but you can find them on our website or on our YouTube channel. Um basically you want to start doing this now and you want to practice year round. Again, I have a mule, she's really smart. She loads perfectly when she wants to. She's a mule. So when she thinks something's up, it's going to take her a while because she wants to suss out the situation. So I I plan for that. I know that it's going to take a little longer to get Elizabeth in that trailer, but I know that if I do it right, everything's going to go really well. So work with your animals. If you have difficult animals, if you have um, traumatized animals, maybe you have um, kindly taken in some rescue equines, talk to an expert, get expert information, and there is a ton of it on the internet. With your small animals, your dogs, cats, birds, again, it's the same thing. Get them used to going into their carriers, and this is just good common practice. If you're going to the vet, if you're going on a vacation, you don't want to start out with a stressed animal. So there are lots of lots of um, tips and tools on the website, great organizations like the American Kennel Club, the ASPCA, UC Davis School of Veterans. Medicine, uh, the AQHA, and halter project, and lots of places to get tips from the experts and how tos on how to load your animals and teach them to load, um, so that you can can do it safely and you can get them out.
1: Great, thank you. Um, this was mentioned before, also, but I want to circle back to it. Um, the you know emergencies are emergencies, and there's a lot of confusion. Uh, And with uh, part of being prepared for your family, again, is to have a check-in where uh, in case you get separated because there's a lot of chaos and confusion, you have someone out of the area, A, you have a a rendezvous point that you know where to go to, and B, you have an outside of the area contact that people can phone in with to to get information back and forth to each other. And of course, you can't have your animals do that. Um, So... If they get separated from you, it's um, it's a trickier situation, and I, I've heard it involves having some pictures and an ID. But um, I want to start with Richard. I'm, I'm assuming the county has dealt a fair bit with trying to trying to reunite um, animals and people that get separated in emergencies. What what should people know about what they can do to make that as easy as possible to be prepared?
2: It's a uh, it's a six dollar solution, Scotty. Um, we here at the animal shelter offer microchipping for six dollars. Um, we do have microchip clinics from time to time. We post it on our web pages. Um, local veterinarians also microchip for a little bit more, um, but uh, that microchip is that animal's identification. Um, also tags. Um, you know, a lot of people. You know, sometimes people wear have the collars on their animals. Sometimes they don't. But, you know, it, it, again, reconnecting that animal back with its owner, it's important that it have a collar and a tag, identification, phone numbers, et cetera. Um, you know, pictures, uh, as Julie mentioned, uh, make sure that you have tons of pictures. Uh, make sure that, uh, you know, the, the, the animal is social. Make sure that, uh, you know, that it's uh, uh, not leery of strangers in case it's, it's hard to capture. Um, make sure that you work with it, uh, you know, for a simple obedience, stay, uh, treat motivation, stuff like that in order for, uh, you know, the people out there in the community, whether they find a stray animal or whether animal services or animal control has to go out and get the animal, it's easier, it's easier for us to capture. Um, but uh, identification is a big key. Great.
3: I, I'd like to add a little bit to that. Uh, circling back to loading um, make sure that you're as Richard just pointed out with your dogs especially but with your equines make sure that not only did they load easily for you in your trailer but make sure that they will load calmly and easily for anybody in a variety of trailers so once you've got it dialed in practice with friends and and practice with their animals um Another another really important part of reunification, again, you just can't stress the importance of identification, but contact animal care immediately. If you are separated from your animals, whether they're large or small in an emergency or disaster situation, report that immediately. Get yourself to safety and then get on the phone and call them at the numbers that Richard just mentioned or whatever information um, for contacts is posted on their Facebook page and let them know where the animals were when you last saw them, give them all the identification. If you don't have a -a hide-a-key somewhere on your property, you might want to consider taking a key to um, animal care if they're in a position to accept it, and Richard can say yes or no. Um, But the more your animals are able to be receptive to help the more helpers are going to be able to save them and and we just can't stress that enough it may feel very stressful to think about but in the end if you do get separated knowing that your animal will come to somebody if they say hey buzzy come here or load up then um, the sooner you can be reunited and of course you they can't identify your animal and who its owner is if it does not have any kind of identification one of our mantras is never have just one of anything and that is so true of identification even if they're microchipped and uh, an immediately visible form of identification is really important and when you call to report them make sure that you let the call taker know that your animal is microchipped or not microchipped but you know what other forms of id might help them
2: Also, we, on our website, have a lost pet report that people can actually go online, fill it out, and attach a picture probably within several minutes. They do it right from your phone. And uh, our staff here at Animal Care Services will receive that um, and print that out and keep it in a folder. And so that way it helps us reconnect the lost animals with their owners.
1: Great. And on, on the microchip thing, let's just circle back to that. I mean, you mentioned that there are uh, kind of days in clinics. I just want to make sure people know how to get that information. If people want to find out, uh, are motivated to go get that done now, Richard, what's what's the best place for them to figure out how to how to do that?
2: Gotcha. Yeah, about four or five times a year, we have a microchip clinic. Uh, we do advertise it on our Facebook page, on our website. Uh, we get it out there well in advance so people know that they can take advantage of that. Um, and, again, it's, uh, it's $6. And uh, we work with a company called Found Animals Registry. Um, they are a nonprofit organization that are affiliated with hundreds of animal shelters in the state of California. And, uh, basically, through their computer software and their data bank and so forth like that, all that information goes in. And if an animal was to be lost, uh, let's say the animal was to come into our shelter, we would th- we would start what they call a uh, lost pet alert notification. And the actual owner could be notified via text, via uh, email, uh, via phone call. Uh, you can put several different contacts uh, down there, your veterinarian, a loved one, and so forth like that. And this has greatly helped us uh, get animals back to their owners in a much faster timely manner we've had this uh, on board for over two years and so the return time getting these animals back to the owners is is, is increased uh, tremendously and it's been a it's been a big benefit for us at animal care services
3: um scott can i jump in about equine microchipping for a minute Sure. a lot of people aren't aware that they can microchip their equines and while it's uh, becoming more widely known you can and it is so helpful and so important we're in an area where unfortunately um horse theft is actually um becoming (laughs) it's coming back in style unfortunately it's not just something uh, out of the old west so um before covid there were lots of uh, clubs local riding associations rodeo associations uh, sometimes stables would have microchip clinics where a vet is offering um, a, a lower rate for microchipping multiple animals at the same time. That's not happening right now because COVID. But please talk to your vet. Uh, most vets really want to help you, and um, you know there there are a lot of vets willing to microchip for a little bit lower cost right now. The goal is to keep people connected with their with their animals, and you can microchip your horse and your dog and your cat. Um, Again, again, in our resource materials, we have a chart for animal identification, we have a chart for equine identification, and these um, actually show photos, examples of all the different ways that you can identify your animals or attach ID to your animals.
0: Great. Hey there, this is Cobb in the studio, and I want you all to know that you're tuned to KZYX Radio. And if you just tuned in, this is the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council radio show. Uh, Your host has been Director Scott Craddy of the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council. Our guests today are Julie Atwood, Director of the Helter Project, and Richard Molinari, the Director of Animal Care in Mendocino County and Director of the Ukiah and Fort Bragg Animal Shelters. And again, um, if you could both give your contact information uh, where our listeners could find out uh, more information, follow up at a later time, that'd be great.
3: You can find uh, the Halter Project at halterproject.org. You can email us to ask us questions at rescue at halterfund.org. And you can also tune into our YouTube channel and that's halter project on youtube for all kinds of how-to videos
2: for animal care services from mendocino county you can go to our web- website mendocinocounty.org. tab over to animal care services uh in there there is a contact listing uh, with my email address you can email me there or you can call the shelter and ask to speak to me at 463-4427 463-4427
1: and there's a ton of other information there both the the halter project's website and the county animal animal care services websites um have a wealth of information so if you uh, have a lazy afternoon and you want to do some browsing um and learn more about how to care for your pets it's uh, both both good places to spend some time um i would see one big topic we haven't touched on yet and i want to make sure we get Time for volunteer. Talking about volunteer help at the end too, but um, you know, a fact of emergencies is that some people find themselves either unable to evacuate uh, or uh, make the decision not to. Which, of course, if you are ordered to evacuate, you should. But if you decide not to and you're stuck there with your animals, you also need to have done a lot of planning uh, in case you can't evacuate. Um, so. Maybe we'll just kick this off with with Julie. If you are um, you've got your animals and uh, you find yourself in place with a fire coming, you know, there's of course two big parts to this. What should you have done several months ago to get ready? Uh, but and, and also what you should do now. Would you would you like to kick off with some thoughts about that?
3: Yeah, very quickly, just two things. One is that obviously um, we don't want anybody sheltering in place themselves unless they are absolutely committed to their own safety we do not want our emergency responders having to go in and rescue you if you are staying behind because you feel safe okay that's your prerogative if you're saying staying behind because your animals are there it would be so much better if you could ensure that you've done everything possible for your animals to be safe sheltered at home and then you take off where you can be safe and you can help arrange for assistance to your animals so the best way to make sure that you have safe place for your animals and usually we're talking about equines and livestock so large animals that are out of doors hey i'm going to throw it back to the fire safe council because everything that you do to harden your home applies to the rest of your property as well and if you live on a farm or a ranch uh, if you have backyard livestock or Um, a stable facility again you can go to um, our website you can go to fire safe mendocino you can go to cal fire we have all those resources tied together on our website in one place in the fire safe animals folder Um, but again everything you do for your home is only going to make your animal home safer and again that's a topic for a whole other show barn safety property safety hay storage safety but create the biggest best defensible space for your animals make sure that you have tons and tons and tons of water make sure that you have good address signage so responders can find the entrance to your property easily Um, and again we've got lots of tools and tips for that in the fire safe animals for mendocino folder richard um anything you want to add and i think you're gonna that's gonna be a perfect lead-in to how to get help for your animals if they are sheltered in place
2: yes uh currently so if somebody had to leave and they had to leave animals behind um currently through the Mendoc- mendocino county sheriff's department search and rescue unit um, people would basically reach out to them uh, then basically uh, search and Rescue. Uh, by themselves or with the animals owners would go to these people's properties, check on the status of these animals, provide food, water, and so forth. Um, but what we'd like to do here in Mendocino County, animal care services, we're in the beginning of steps of basically creating a community animal response team. Uh, basically we want to take that off the plate of uh, search and rescue so they can do what they need to do in times of crisis. Um, so what we want to do is we want to work with the North Coast, North Coast Opportunity and the recruitment of volunteers that wish to assist us in times of a, a disaster incident. I'm looking for or we're looking for the subject matter experts, the people out there that have large animal handling skills that have been doing it for years. Um, we'll get them the proper training. Uh, we'll get them certified to, to you know, help and uh, remove animals in disaster areas uh they'll also be providing health and welfare checks for these animals providing food and water for these animals um probably helping us clean uh you know uh at our staging areas where we are boarding and caring for these animals as well um but uh we're like i said we're in the early stages and hopefully in the next three or four months uh, we're going to get this all worked out and we're going to have a park team
3: um scott and richard I richard we've talked about this quite a bit If you have uh, people listening today up there in Mendocino County um, or perhaps they're visiting from somewhere else and you have an interest in becoming a volunteer with a community animal response team, you can get a leg up, no pun intended, by getting some uh, preliminary training that is pretty much required across all jurisdictions in the state of California. Um, And you can find out how to do that at our website, halterproject.org and just go to trainings and scholarships. Um, Right now is the training season and a lot of our local carts in Sonoma, Napa and Solano are um, actually hosting for the first time ever some online trainings. You do have to join and be a member first, but if you train with um, another cart or you take some online training that's required nationally and by the state, you're already going to be several steps ahead toward being a qualified volunteer for a county like Mendocino. And then Mendocino will provide the county specific training that it wants for its volunteers. But there are standards for CART volunteers and the state is actually working to uh, provide, CDFA primarily, to provide a framework for all animal disaster responders so that we all have skills and training that make it possible for us to offer mutual aid to other jurisdictions. So we're all training to the same standards. And if we volunteer, um, say I'm from Sonoma, and uh, Mendocino asks for assistance from Sonoma, then I can slide into their framework and work with your um, incident management team and uh, everyone knows that we're we're on the we're, we're playing on the same field and to the to the same standards.
1: Hey, and Richard on the the development in Mendocino County. It sounds like it's a little early, but if people want to um, involved in that or at least um, keep an eye on it as it evolves to see if they want to jump in. How, how, do they, how do they get in the loop for that? That sounds like a great project yeah. that's developing.
2: As we develop this, we will be posting more information on the website and our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. But um, if they uh, have any questions, uh, please have them call the shelter, and I can take down their name and phone number for uh, future trainings. And again, the number is 463-4427, 463-4427. And just ask for me, Richard Molinari.
1: Okay. And I um, probably should do this offline, but I'll do it now anyhow because it's, it's in front of me. Um, I mean, as that evolves, uh, the FireSafe Council also has a newsletter that we put out regularly with, um, with developments, um, and I just want to sort of issue an invite that as, as that evolves and there are opportunities for particular trainings uh, uh, for both of you that, that might be applicable to getting people ready to be on emergency response teams in Mendocino County, um, feel free to reach out to us, and we'll get that on our Facebook and in our newsletter as well um to help get people there um back to a little bit about the basics i I know um for for the people that are trapped or sheltering in place um you know julie you made the point that they should um ideally get their animals in the best position possible and then get out themselves um if if there's an evacuation order um in terms of just uh, you might want to point to some resources on your website but if somebody is in a kind of a panicky situation i mean what are the basics should they take the, the animals leave the animals loose leave them in a pen what um, you know what, what what are the basic considerations if you if you're needing to get out fast and your, your animals can't go with you
3: this is a really uh, it's a really big topic right now the question of especially with the equines whether or not to turn them loose the primary answer is never ever just turn your animals loose you are actually putting them in even greater danger uh, sadly we have so many animal um, animal vehicle collisions usually involving um, the fire service and cattle or horses that are running on roads with extremely low visibility so do not turn your animals loose you're putting them in greater danger and they're usually going to be more panicked when they're out of their home place Um, always breathe before you do anything take several deep breaths clear your head focus if you have a plan um, you're going to have a checklist of things to do so Um, Number one is with your equines, remove everything that they're wearing, their uh, fly masks, their halters, their leg wraps, um, their sheets, anything that they might be wearing. Make sure that you have halters and lead ropes in fire season, preferably a cotton lead rope attached to a really good leather halter and make sure that those are someplace that responders can get to easily. Make sure that everything that can burn has been moved away from where your animals are. Do not leave sacks of hay or bales of hay lying anywhere near them. They're going to be fine without food for quite a while, but they absolutely have to have water. Um, Move them away from the barn. If they were in a barn or a paddock, put them out and make sure that you shut the gates behind them so that they cannot run back into their barn or their enclosure because that's what they will do. That's their safe place. Again, we've got lots of detailed checklists, what to do, what not to do on our website. Um, But if you have animals that you cannot, for whatever reason, evacuate, start spending time now, look at fire safe information, have someone come walk around your property with you, invite someone from the fire department to come walk around your property and look for things that could be hazardous to your animals. You might have a great defensible space, but there could be some dangerous uh, tree branches that could fall down in a big wind or in a fire. So get another set of eyes on your property. Um, Look at the information that we have. It also takes you to other resources, including the University of California Davis Vet School, uh, Colorado State University. We've got all of the best information for horses and livestock on our website to help you prepare to keep them safe in a disaster
1: great okay. and we are getting close to time to let you both do wrap-up statements but um a lot of things we haven't had time to get into um barn hardening could be probably a whole show because as julie mentioned um i just want to do a quick point out that there are um of commonalities Um, defensible space is defensible space not just for your home but for all buildings on your property so that 100 feet of defensible space and making sure there's nothing flammable within the first five feet immediately around your buildings applies to your barn and to uh, whatever other shelters you might have for your animals uh, and all the other infrastructure on your property so you want to you want to think that through uh of holistically if you have a property that's got animal shelters on it as well and, and include them in, in that defensible space clearing. Um, I think we're pretty close to a wrap up. It probably makes sense to give out contact info yet one more time and I want to give you both a, um, a minute to um, make any final points that you'd, you'd like to make.
3: Oh, Richard, you go. <laughs> uh Again, uh, keep uh,
2: keep a lookout for our website and our Facebook pages. Hopefully, in the next month or two, we're going to be doing some recruitment for the volunteers for our cart team. Uh, basically, we're looking for people with some experience with large animals to assist us in a disaster incident situation. It'd be greatly appreciated. Um, and if you have any questions, uh, please feel free to uh, contact me. Uh, MendocinoCounty.org. Go to Animal Services. Go to the contact page. And again, my name is Richard Molinari or you can call 463-4427. Thank you.
3: And if you are interested in getting information about volunteering in uh, wherever you live or maybe vacationing in the summer or in Mendocino County and you want to know what your first steps are, you can find that at halterproject.org, trainings and scholarships. We also offer scholarships for training education and all of the preparedness tips and tools and resources you'll need For whatever species you have, you can get at halterproject.org, fire safe animals, uh, fire safe animals info, and then just drop down to Mendocino fire safe.
1: Great. Uh, You've both been absolutely wonderful guests. I want to thank you for your time, and I think we're rounding around to the top of the hour. Cobb, do you need to
0: jump in with anything here? Well, certainly. Uh, thank you all for being here. You've been tuned to KZYX. Uh, and, yeah, great show, everyone. And, Scott, if you could give out just really quickly the website information before we move on for the FireSafe Council.
1: Yeah, uh, we are firesafemendocino.org. firesafemendocino.org. And our main office email, if you have follow-up questions, is Firesafe at pacific.net.